Hello and welcome to 251. Two arrangers, five podcasts, one subject. And that subject is Marty Page. In episode two, I was joined by Giles Thornton, fellow arranger, and we talked about Marty Page with Mel Torme. We talked about particularly the Schubert Alley album, and within that, specifically two charts, Surrey with a fringe on top, and it's too darn hot. Our conversation lasted for over an hour, and I felt that the introduction that I recorded, which I intended to have at the beginning of that episode, would now make it too unwieldy. So I've decided to release it as a separate episode, or if you like, 2.1, and the main episode is 2.2. A couple of points that you might like to consider. Firstly, uh, there's a playlist that you can listen to from my Apple Music account, and uh, I'm sure you can find the same things on Spotify if you need to. Secondly, I strongly recommend listening to the Schubert Alley album in total, and particularly the two charts that I mentioned before. Anyway, here is that introduction, and I hope you go on to listen to the main episode. Marty Page with Mel Torme. Marty and Mel were born in the same year, 1925. Marty in January and Mel in September. In 1956, they both turned 31. The decade, from your 30s to 40s, is often a productive one for artists and indeed many creative thinkers, such as scientists and philosophers. In your 30s, you are young enough to be new, but old enough to have enough miles on the clock to be accomplished. In my opinion, the albums that Marty Page and Torme made in the period from 56 to 60 are the cream of the crop of their collaboration and some of the hippest vocal jazz albums of the period, and they still sound fresh today. Nick Tomlin and I discussed Marty Page and his role as pianist in the previous episode, giving an outline of his career. So let me lay out a potted history of Mel Torme up to the point the two collaborated. Mal Torme was born on September the 13th, 1925, in Chicago, Illinois. He was a singer, songwriter, and actor, and he also played drums. He began his career in show business as a child actor, but it was his singing career that brought him most success. Torme was known for his smooth voice and his ability to scat sing. He was also a talented songwriter, writing hits like The Christmas Song, also known as Chestnuts, Roasting on an Open Fire, made famous by Nat King Cole. Nick and I discussed that tune in detail on the 251 Christmas special, if you wish to refer back and find out more about that particular tune. In 1944, Mal formed the vocal group Mal Torme with his Mal Tones, modelled on Frank Sinatra and the Pied Pipers. The Maltones, which included Les Baxter and Ginny O'Connor, had several hits fronting Artie Shaw's band, and on their own, including the Cole Porter classic, What Is This Thing Called Love? The Maltones were among the first jazz-influenced vocal groups, blazing a path for later that followed, such as the Hilos, the Four Freshmen, Lambert, Hendricks and Ross, and the Manhattan Transfer. They eventually disbanded, but Page did arrange on Back in Town, an album from 1959, which was a sort of reboot of the Maltones. 
1955, Marty wrote four arrangements for It's a Blue World, Mal's first Bethlehem album, and a turning point in his career. It was a ballad collection recorded in New York City with a studio orchestra set up by Al Pellegrini, Tormé's accompanist at the time. The ensemble was 15 players, two flutes, bass clarinet, French horn, trumpet, harp, celestial piano, guitar, bass and drums, with a small string section, three violins with a viola and cello. The string bass player contributing arco at some points when there was just strings in the arrangement. There is no piano on the Marty Page tracks or trumpet unless I'm missing it, but they do appear on the other arrangers tracks. Uh, Andre Previn and Russ Garcia were also involved. For me, the two standout albums of their collaboration in this period are Mal Torme with the Marty Page Dectet in 1956 and Mal Torme Swings Schubert Alley in 1960. In between these two, the Fred Astaire album is also good. And the most adventurous and perhaps least convincing for me is the California Suite reboot. The idea to use the instrumentation that ended up in the Dectet reportedly came from Torme. The Jerry Mulligan Tentet was essentially the same as the Miles Davis Nonet of Birth of the Cool fame from 1949. Mulligan was one of the arrangers and played baritone in that ensemble. Gil Evans and Mulligan were both arrangers for the Claude Thornhill group, and his use of French horns and tuba were adopted for the Nonet. Indeed, Junior Collins was the French horn player and Bill Barber was the tuba player, and they both were in the Thornhill band. Torme also asked to leave out the piano. In the Tentet, it was often played by Mulligan, perhaps why there are two baritones in that particular band. Or maybe it was a nod to Mulligan's pianolist quartets with Chet Baker that played at the Hague Jazz Club, a converted bungalow opposite the Ambassador Hotel, location of the supper club, the Coconut Grove. There are many references to Mulligan tunes in the arrangements, as well as quotes from Birth of the Cool. The shout chorus from George Wallington's Godchild, arranged by Mulligan for The Birth of the Call, turns up on more than one occasion, sometimes quoted by Mal Torme himself, as in Lullaby of Birdland, or sometimes the ensemble. Marty Page would choose Move from Birth of the Call as one of the tunes to interpret on his classic album, Art Pepper Plus Eleven. In the end, the ensemble consisted of three saxes, alto, tenor and baritone, plus a brass quintet of two trumpets, French horn, trombone and tuba, plus string bass and drums. The first release was Mal Torme with the Marty Page Dectet, with an inventive album cover by Bert Goldblatt, making a portrait of Mal out of sports car photos. Mal was well known for his collection of sports cars. He particularly liked the British Austin Healey cars. The album, as stated before, was released on Bethlehem, and it's released as BCP52. It's a mono hi-fi release. It was recorded in January of 1956. Side A contains Lulu's Back in Town, When the Sun Comes Out, I Love to Watch the Moonlight, Fascinating Rhythm, The Blues, a reworking of the Ellington tune from Black and Tan Fantasy, and The Karaoke. Side B opens with The Lady is a Tramp, 
continues with, I like to recognise the tune, keeping myself for you, lullaby of birdland, when April comes around and sing for your supper. The standout chart was probably Lulu's Back in Town, with a striking introduction over a tuba and bass pedal note, and rising and falling ensemble backing. This chart contains some classic pachisms too. The development of thematic material, interesting modulations to new keys, a recomposed A section, most likely with Mal Torme, the use of triplet figures to make metric modulation, and basically darn hip ensemble harmonies. The albums often have a Latin jazz tune. In this case, it's the Carioca. On the Fred Astaire album, it's the Piccolino. On Schubert Alley, it's Old Devil Moon and Whatever Lola Wants. Page often swaps between Latin and swing in these charts and has a knack of coming up with a very catchy bass end rift. The link between Old Devil Moon and Piccolino is quite clear. The second record date of 56 was the Fred Astaire album in November. In the meantime, Page had been in London as MD pianist with Dorothy Dandridge. Recorded by Bethlehem again, and also released on the London subsidiary label. Side A of that album is Nice Work If You Can Get It, Something's Gotta Give, A Foggy Day, A Fine Romance, Let's Call the Whole Thing Off, Top Hat, White Tie and Tails, The Way You Look Tonight starts Side B, The Piccolino follows up, They Can't Take That Away From Me, Cheek to Cheek, Let's Face the Music and Dance, and finally, They All Laughed. My favourite on this one are Let's Call the Whole Thing Off, which I asked Giles to transcribe for me, Cheek to Cheek, and They All Laugh. Some things which illustrate Marty Page's style on this album are the catchy hook figure on the intro, etc., to Let's Call the Whole Thing Off. The quotes from other tunes like Jeepers Creepers on Cheek to Cheek. The punchy background chordal figures. The exposed use of French horn, as in Let's Face the Music and Dance. The inclusion of the verse section, as in They All Laughed. On occasion, the verse turns up in the middle of a chart, which happens on the Schubert Alley album. The repertoire is taken from tunes made famous by Fred Astaire from his films. The interesting connection is that both Fred and Mal were keen drummers. Astaire would play along with records in his Hollywood home and was a big band jazz fan, seeing his tap dancing as being part of the rhythm section. He was also a big fan of syncopation and would instruct Irving Berlin, for example, to write him songs where repeated phrases moved across the bar line. Good examples of those are the verse and the second section or bridge of Top Hat, White Tie and Tails. So now we move on to the feature. Mal Torme swings Schubert Alley. This album reaches new heights in many areas. If this were a record by a pop band, it would contain many singles. Side A, Too Close for Comfort, Once in Love with Amy, A Sleeping Bee, On the Street Where You Live, 
All I need is the girl, just in time. Side B, hello young lovers. The Surrey with the fringe on top. Old Devil Moon, whatever Lola wants. Too darn hot, lonely town. Mal Torme had moved to Verve, and this seems to have refreshed the Dectet. And Page is in his purple patch. His arranging on this album is up there with his best, from the fantastic opening track Too Close for Comfort to the sultry ending track of Lonely Town. There is a procession of top playing, singing, arranging, and indeed recording. Whereas the previous albums have been in mono, this is a stereo offering recorded by Val Valentin. More on that later. The stellar West Coast band was Mal Torme vocals and a bit of percussion and drums. Marty Page, piano arranger. Art Pepper, alto sax. Bill Perkins, tenor sax. Bill Hood, baritone sax. Al Porcino, trumpet. Stu Williamson, second trumpet. Vince De Rosa, French horn. Frank Rossellino, trombone. Red Calendar, tuba, Joe Mondragon, double bass, and Mal Lewis, drums. This album is almost a glossary of mature Marty Paint arranging techniques, and I talk about those in the podcast with Giles. Just a note on the recording of Schubert Alley. It's in stereo, but it was the early days of stereo, and mono-compatibility was still an important part. And therefore, there are some quite interesting situations, and it occurs also on Blue Note albums. The reeds and bass, string bass, are on the left-hand channel of the stereo, and the brass are on the right-hand stereo. The drums and... Maltorme are in the middle and that allows it to be collapsed down to mono for radio purposes and also for mono release for say jukeboxes and the like and the recording is fantastic it does help when transcribing that you can almost turn off one of the sides and listen just to the saxophone parts and then also just to the brass parts on the opposite channel I hope you found this introduction interesting and I hope you will follow on to listen to the full episode with Giles Thornton. From me, Simon Whiteside, goodbye. (laughs) 